This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas. I got Chris and Uri here. We're, we are recording on a Sunday night. Guys, how was your weekend? It's pretty good. How about y'all? Not bad, not bad. Looking forward to uh, a nice five-game stretch where the Sixers are going to really be tested. I, I deep cleaned my house. I did the adult thing. I deep cleaned. Wait, you clean? Good for you, man. Oh, hey, 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 now. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. Don't be painting a bad picture. I know. You got, a, you got a daughter. You got a little girl. I got, man, you got to clean. <laughs> this little girl, I swear, I, I, got, I finished up this. I finished like putting the finishing touches this morning. She comes in, and the living room is a half wreck already. <laughs> it's just crazy. But, um, you know, I still love her. She just likes to make messes because she's three. Um, but, yeah, no, guys, a lot to talk about here. We have two games. We're going to start out first with the Kings game. So, Chris, do you want to go ahead and take that away? Yeah. Um, 103-101 was the final score. The Sixers with yet another win. It was not the easiest of wins, though. They were down by... As much as 17 points, Sacramento was pretty much in control in the first half. Then Joel Embiid, as we've kind of been seeing these past few games, kind of flipped the switch at halftime and really turned it on in the second half, had a big effort, ended up with 36 points, 12 rebounds, and six assists in only 35 minutes. Sacramento, on the other hand, it was the Tyrese Halliburton show, no De'Aaron Fox. Halliburton had 38 and seven assists. Um, Davion Mitchell, Harrison Barnes had some nice games too, but really um, a lot of people have kind of viewed this as Halliburton's audition for Philadelphia. I, I don't know if that's a fair way to frame it, Lucas, but what were some of your big takeaways? Well, let me start out with the Kings before I get to the Sixers. First off, terrible game for Marvin Bagley. He had six points and nine rebounds, but he just looked lost out there um not great end of game execution having harrison barnes take that last three-pointer to try to tie the game um clearly not completely uh situated there i thought i thought the point guards for the kings played great i i know davion mitchell had 15 points five re- assists halliburton had 38 points and seven assists plus three steals like you said, a lot of people saw this as him ad- auditioning. I saw this game as the icing on the t- cake of, no, we're not trading you Halliburton for Ben. I, I just, I don't see it happening now. He's showing that he has all-star potential written all over him. And while Ben in a, in a vacuum is a better player, if I'm the Kings, I'm trying to hold on to Halliburton for dear life, which is kind of like what we've heard from when we talked to Zach a couple weeks ago, the site expert of the uh, the Royal Pain. So in that regard, I as much as I would lo- love Halliburton, I feel like at this point would have to not only include Ben, but another young asset, like possibly Matisse Leibel or Tyrese Maxey. Like it would... For Sacramento to do it, and at that point, the Sixers shouldn't do it. But, like, Halliburton's the real deal here. I mean, is his shot the prettiest? No, but me and you both had him third on the draft board when he got drafted in, what was it, 2020? 
Yeah. So, and there's good reason for that. Is it's shocking that he still dropped all the way to what was eleventh or twelfth in that draft for the Kings. But yeah, that, that's my Kings takeaway. My Sixers takeaway is this: Tyrese Maxey, Chris, he has added a new dimension to his game these last five games. You know, I did an article today about it. For the past five games, Maxey has been averaging around fourteen points per game on forty-two percent shooting from downtown. Pretty good, right? The impressive part is that he's averaging 7.2 assists and only 1.8 turnovers. And that's elite level playmaking there. He even had a double, his first double-double, and I believe against the Lakers, where he had 10 assists. So he's clearly, I mean, he's starting to find that playmaking vibe. Now we need to figure, now he needs to figure out how he can still create for others while still being as aggressive as he should be. Because, you know, 14 points a game, which is fine, but Sixers need him scoring around 20 points per game if they want to have a shot in the playoffs without a Ben Simmons trade, which we will get to later. But that was my main takeaway. I mean, okay, Harris game. Curry was back for the first time. He struggled. Matisse played good defense, but he only played 19 minutes. Everybody else was kind of meh. I mean, Danny Green looked okay, but yeah, I I wasn't overly impressed. Joel had a rough first half. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he s- scored what, like two points in the first quarter? What was it really two points, or it felt like two points? And then he basically, I think he had 12 points at halftime, and he tripled his point total by the end of the game, which is beyond impressive. Just another reason why he should be front runner for MVP. Um, anything you wanted to add to that, Chris? Yeah, um, you pretty much checked all the boxes. Joel continues to just put up MVP caliber game after MVP caliber game. I, I, Again, we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast. He's kind of flipping the switch at halftime nowadays, which is, I think, probably a good thing. Um, pacing has always been an issue for Joel. It's been something he really struggled with early in his career, just pacing himself, keeping himself ready for late-game pushes. Um, so I, I think it's probably a good thing that he's learning how to do that more. Um, could he maybe, would, it would be nice if he wasn't having these really awful first halves followed by really great second halves and maybe balancing it out a little bit more. Sure. But I, I think we're heading in the right direction. Um, again, he's like never played 20, 21 games in a row before. So this is somewhat of a historic stretch for him and just in terms of playing games. So, um, yeah, as far as Sacramento, you kind of jumped on it. Halliburton is a guy that Philly fans have been talking about really since the offseason, even more so lately, before Sacramento reportedly dropped out of trade talks with Philadelphia. Um, you know, there's still a couple weeks until the trade deadline, pretty much. Talks can pick back up. I don't think the Kings are just out of it forever. But where are you at with Halliburton, Lucas? Do you... Like you said, I mean, do you think there's any chance that Sacramento would even consider trading him? And on the flip side, do you think Philly's going to bring their price range down enough for there even to be more conversations at this point? I think for there to be conversations to include Halliburton, like I said earlier, I think you might have to, if if you want draft picks back from Sacramento, you're going to have to include another sweetener in that deal. If you, I think what the Sixers should do is just ask for straight up player swaps don't do draft picks draft picks you're gonna have to send something valuable back then besides ben 
If you do just player swaps, you could do Halliburton. I think he's making what, like five million a year. You could do Buddy Heald, and then maybe Tristan Thompson. You know, expiring contract, something like that, and you could make the money work that way um, for Ben. And you would have to send like probably like Charles Bassey or Paul Reed plus like Isaiah Joe or Jaden Springer. Um, but that that's that's your way to get a trade done if at this point because. I think Halliburton is going to be a future all-star. And I think there's going to be a point where you just say, you know what, if it was me, I'm not Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey's, you know, stubborn. But if it was me, I'd say bump the draft picks. Let me just get Halliburton. He's my centerpiece. I can build around him for the future. Yeah, I I think that's fair. Halliburton's obviously the most interesting name that has been even like semi credibly linked to Ben at this point. Um, I kind of agree. I think we're at the point where the Kings probably aren't doing it, especially not with the kind of packages the Sixers seem to want. Um, you know, you're not getting Halliburton and getting off of Tobias Harris, you know? No. So no. Um, you'd, you'd have to do Ben and filler. I mean, Her- uh, Halliburton plus filler contracts which would probably be healed and interesting Thompson or Marvin Bagley. You might have to take on Marvin Bagley. You might have to do it. And you know what? You do it for, you do it. I, I know it's not like something Sixers fans want to hear, but like you do it for Halliburton because his potential, we know he can play with another point guard. So him and Maxi, I'm not worried about Maxi doesn't have to worry about playmaking. Then he can just be the scoring guard of the group. Yeah, I, I think Halliburton's really good. Um, I it, The Kings are in a weird spot. I, I really am not entirely sure how much sense Ben Simmons makes for them. I, I They got to do something. But, yeah, I think I'm probably hanging on to Halliburton if I'm them at this yeah. point. Um, mm-hmm. And Philly, Philly's waiting to the offseason. We'll get, get into that more later. But it seems pretty clear they're not going to come down on their axing price. You know, Sacramento... It's dropping out of trade talks seemingly two weeks early. I, I don't think they do that if it's just abundantly clear that Daryl's not going to come down. Um, you know, and it's not a negotiation tact- tactic either because Daryl's too smart to fall for that. Yeah, so talks could pick back up. It's, you know, crazier things have happened, but it, it really does seem like those, you know, Ben's not going to be a, a Sacramento king. It doesn't seem like, um, yeah. We're going to talk about the Sixers shellacking of the Los Angeles Lakers. Granted, there was no game, Chris. It was a big man battle between Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid. Sixers came on top 105 to 87. Uh, Anthony Davis had 31 points and 12 rebounds, four blocks. Joel Embiid had 26 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, two blocks. Um, Any other thoughts that you wanted to add in on this, Chris? Yeah, I mean, credit to Anthony Davis, who has not done terribly well against Daryl in the past. He really showed up and played a great game. He was the best player on the floor that night. Um, this was Joel's worst game in a long time, and he had 26-9-7. and seven. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's a pretty good indicator of where he's at as a player. Uh, he, he made all the right decisions with the ball in his hands for the most part. This is one of Tobias's better games. He had some really nice 
defensive efforts on AD too. Um, mm-hmm. So Tobias deserves a lot of credit, but yeah, the Lakers are a mess. They, it's really kind of just tragic how poorly built that roster is. Um, it makes but we all saw this coming though, Chris. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think anyone really could have been kidding them. I, I mean, I don't think anyone thought the Lakers would be 24 and 27, you know, but um, it is, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty bad. I, they, I, I mean, it's just unfortunate. LeBron and AD probably deserve better. AD hasn't been that great this year. He's been hurt too, but um, LeBron's kind of like dragging dead weight at this point, which is unfortunate. But yeah, the Lakers are not a very good team right now. So this is a game the Sixers should have won without LeBron out there. And they they did their duty, you know. Yeah, um, just like I said earlier, this was uh, Maxie's first double-double of his career. He also had seven rebounds. Um, another great game from Theibel. Had four steals, one block. Cork Moss was solid. You had a good George's Niang game. Chris, Davis got the best of Joel that night, but do you think the two are on the same level as players right now? Yeah, no. I mean, AD's had pretty bad season by his standards. Um, like, this is one of his best efforts of the year, and it was one of Joel's worst, and the Sixers still won by 18, so... That's not the whole story. Obviously, the Lakers, again, are a really poorly built team. But um, Joel looks like he might be the best player in the world right now. I don't think that's quite where Davis is. Davis is still a tremendous player and a really remarkable talent. And the Lakers could still make a run here and make some noise in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, Joel's pretty clearly better, I think. That's that's fair. Um, Chris, one, I know this isn't on the agenda, but I'm curious on your thoughts. Um, Russell Westbrook obviously has not been the player that the Lakers thought they were going to get. Um, or maybe, but we all thought he was going to be, if you're the Lakers, how seriously do you consider a trade for John wall? Who's basically making the same amount of money. The only caveat here is that the, you know, the Rockets would probably want the Sixers like 2027 or 2028, uh, first round pick. How much of an upgrade is Wall? And if you're the Lakers, do you do that? I mean, he's like not an upgrade. So, I it's been a, a rocky road for Westbrook this season, but I don't see how trading for John Wall really changes much. They have a lot of the same issues. Um, Wall was not. At he's the a better shooter. Was. Yeah, but I mean, he took a pretty clear step back last season, returning from a major knee injury. I. I get that there are fit concerns with Westbrook, but Wall's contract is just as absurd, and he's just—I don't think he's a better player. So I don't really think that changes a lot. I could be wrong. Maybe Wall, you know, perks back up and plays better when he's on a team that has a chance to win some games. But yeah, I don't really think that's an upgrade. Yeah, I, I, I think if I'm Lakers, I, I think I would do just because. Fit with LeBron James is very important when you play LeBron James style basketball, and clearly Russ can't do that. So unless you're, I, I think with Lakers you either trade Russ or you bring him off the bench because I don't think he can play a lot of minutes with LeBron moving forward. I just I don't see it because he's not a good shooter, especially off the dribble. 
But yeah, I it was a fun game to watch on TNT for sure. And you know, uh, one thing that isn't on the agenda, and I'm sorry, Uriah, I know this is driving you crazy, but it is important that I think we need to talk about because Shaq did kind of call out Ben Simmons prior to the game yet again, calling him soft, you know, not, not even, he was praising Joel, but he was definitely taking shots at uh, Ben here where, it, and I don't have the exact quote here. If, if, if I told you right. Before, uh, no, I, I, I can jump in here. Okay. Go ahead. Shaq said he was basically comparing him to Tobias Harris and who he'd rather have. And that, hey, look, Joel Embiid is is putting on a an MVP caliber season, and and Simmons is not pulling his weight, and he just flat out said, "I'd get rid of him." And I think pretty much every fan in Philadelphia is is tired of this, and they feel the same way. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think Chris, we can go ahead and speaking of Ben, we can just get to what you wrote about Ben earlier today, right? Yeah, so the trade deadline is February 10th. It is currently, as we are recording, January 30th, so we have less than two weeks until the big day. And Sacramento, which was by far the most likely team, it seemed like, to take on Ben Simmons, the most avid pursuer of him, has dropped out of talks. Um, It seems like the Atlanta talks have stalled. Not a ton of new buzz going around relative to what we heard over the offseason or perhaps earlier in the year. It feels a lot like Ben is going to stay put until the summer when all this James Harden stuff plays out one way or the other, when Damian Lillard has time to reconsider his standing in Portland, when Bradley Beal could become a free agent, when the Celtics could decide to break up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I wrote about it. I, I think at this point, and I know I like bet the other direction two months ago or whatever, but I, I don't think Ben's going to get traded. I think, you know, if we read the tea leaves, so to speak, it's pretty clear that barring like some Herculean effort from a team to acquire Simmons, who hasn't played in three months. Um, no, nine months, man. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so you're right. You heard Chris, go ahead and buy that him, that shirt that he was supposed to get. I think it's that Jake Milton shirt. Shake Milton, baby, number eighteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, get Chris that shirt. But in all seriousness, no, I, 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 I still agree with Chris on this. Yeah, I just, it doesn't seem possible. Um, I, if I'm the Sixers, I don't know if I trade for uh injured Damian Lillard right now. Boston's not going to break up their core. Nets aren't going to break up their core. So I, if Daryl Moore, unless you're blown away by package, I, if I'm Daryl, I'm probably sitting on it. Yeah, I mean, I that's kind of what I wrote. It's just like the more I think about it, the more Daryl kind of feels right to me um, in, in terms of his approach because, I mean, we've been saying this in the beginning, but you only get one shot to trade Ben. And a lot of the packages out there that have been rumored that teams are just shooting down are like John Collins, Bogdan Bogdanovich, like, like that. I don't think that really moves the needle much for Philly. I don't think that dramatically increases their ability to compete this year. It makes it probably harder to get a real true blue superstar in the offseason or, or whenever. I don't think mm-hmm. Brooklyn is going to be super willing to play ball with Philly. Like they're going to have to make it worth the Nets, you know, time to pair James Harden and Joel Embiid in the same division. Like the Nets aren't mm-hmm. just going to do that. 
because Harden wants to leave. Harden will have to actually threaten to leave somewhere else. Or, like, the Sixers are going to have to pay up. And Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons fits really well on paper with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You know, we can whine and moan all we want on the podcast, but he's a really good player, and he's a lot better than John Collins. He's still better than Tyrese Halliburton. He's a lot better than D'Angelo Russell. Like, he's just a dramatically better player than all those guys. And Brooklyn's going to have a lot more interest, I would think, in him than any of those guys. So if Harden mm-hmm. is really the goal here, it seems pretty obvious, just mm-hmm. given where the discourse is. There's some risk involved. You might have to go to plan B. But the John Collinses of the world, the Malcolm mm-hmm. Brogdons of the world, they'll be there in the offseason too. Mm-hmm. And you have a greater chance of some superstar, be it Harden, Beal, Lillard, Brown, whatever, asking out and some really big foundational changes going down. Because like you said, none of that stuff seems like it's going to happen ahead of February 10th. So mm-hmm. I kind of think Moore is right to be patient here. I, I just don't think there's any reasonable trade offer out there that is going to do enough for Philadelphia. I, I'd be all down for Halliburton. But I again, I just don't think that's on the table. And even then, I don't know if the Nets would value Halliburton over Simmons. So these are all things to think about. Mm-hmm. Assuming Halliburton's off the table, I really don't think there's much out there that honestly makes a whole lot of sense for Philly. Because like the Gordon Hayward stuff, is Gordon Hayward really going to win the Sixers a championship? No. Today? You know, I, I just don't know if that's the case. Hey, so. I, have a, I have a correction that is my fault. I should have mentioned this in the beginning. Lucas kind of brought it to my attention by accident. But uh, there was another wager that Oh, yeah, King was Lucas. Lost. Sorry. All <laughs> no. Yeah, we, we have to – we can't re-record the podcast from the beginning. However, from here out, Chris, to honor your deal <laughs> yes, in terms I'm of the wager. You must, yeah. <laughs> it is not Lucas. It is – it is King uh, Lucas yeah. or Sir Lucas. I mean, whatever you want. Uh, or your highness. That works as well. <laughs> no, uh, your name's got to be in it. Ah, <laughs> uh, fine. King um, Lucas. Okay, anyway. But, Chris, you bring up the Nets. And, you know, I heard it either on Zach Lowe's podcast or Brian Windhorse's podcast. But another aspect we have to consider here is the Nets owner, who is a- Asian, uh, of Asian descent. And um, there are more stance on, you know, could play a factor into him wanting to do a deal with the Sixers or not as well. I, I, that seems like a stretch. I, I don't know if we should go there. Uh, I'm I'm just saying it was brought up on their podcast. I just wanted to make note of it here. We don't have to go into detail about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I trust those guys more than I trust me. I, they know more than I do. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like we're at the point where I don't know if there's a deal out there that really makes sense for Ben long-term. Because if you trade for John Collins, you might just be stuck with John Collins for the next four years, which isn't Mm -hmm. the worst thing. John Collins is really good, but... He's not going to help you win a championship. It'd be a lot more ideal to get James Harden in a year and have whatever Mm -hmm. he has left in the tank. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. even punting on a season because I don't think most of those trades really change that you know so um, yeah i don't think like as much as i would love halliburton he's not going to change your not in a serious way he's not going to impact whether or not you get from like the second round to the eastern conference finals i don't think he would if he does then he's just that special guy but the way you really seriously 
increase Philly's chances of winning a championship is to get one of those top 30, top 40 guys. And those guys just aren't on the table right now. So, I mean, I'm the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of landing where Daryl Morey seems to be landing. And it's like, you got to wait. It's annoying. We're all pissed off. You know, it, it, we don't want to just, you know, have been sitting at home for an entire season, but it's probably the best move unless something pretty drastic comes along. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I've been having this thought for a few days now. I haven't written it down, but I am planning on writing about it soon. If Ben doesn't get traded, do you think he reverses his his position and does play? Because think about it. Ben has reversed his position on several different occasions during this holdout. He wasn't going to show up to the Sixers. Got fine. Showed up. Wasn't going to talk to the team doctors. Got fine. Show up. Says he's not going to play. Doesn't get traded. Does he play, Chris? Um, I don't think so. He's already lost a lot of money. I don't think he's currently getting fined. If No, he still is. I, I don't think so. I think the reporting was that he's not getting fined right now. I last time I checked, you're right. Do you want to double check for do you want to uh, Google search that for us real quick? I was looking up that today and, and he's not getting paid and he's he is getting fined. That's what I there mean. you go. Okay. Um I I think he shows that. up. Um, I mean, yeah, it was Shams three weeks ago said that they aren't finding him right now. So unless something has changed in the past three weeks, I don't think they're finding him. Shams is also in Ben's camp. So, you know. Yeah, but why would they say they're not finding him then if they if they are? Control the narrative. Um, anyway, sorry. It doesn't like benefit Ben, though. So I I don't know. I, I Either way... I, I don't think he returns. I, I think. What, what do you think, Uriah? If he does not get traded, what do you think? Do you think he reverses his position and comes back and plays and tries to get what remaining money he could for the rest of the season? I don't think the team would let him come back. I think the players would would have an issue with that, and any chances that they would have to advance in the playoffs would be sabotaged because Simmons is the big unknown. Who knows what he would do to the chemistry of this team? We've already seen Embiid and maxi developing this really fun and and really cohesive energy on and off the court and to bring ben back and spoil that i don't think it's worth it mm. well well i'll the, i'll just put it this way I'll in, put, in a bubble the sixers chances of winning are higher with ben than uh, uh, and i'll also play devil's advocate here if you want ben to get you a superstar and back you gotta let him play that doesn't mean that Doc shouldn't bench him for certain parts of a playoff series. But and if he comes if he comes back and starts breaking jumpers and shooting 40% from the free throw line, you've now plummeted any chance where intrigue and curiosity is on your favor is because you got a guy that's healthy, hasn't been playing, is is not injured, and then he goes in, and he stinks up the joint. Yeah, good luck trading him in the offseason. If he Ben has never Ben has been a, like a multi-time all-star though. Like he is for his entire career, been a really good player. Pre- he had a bad playoff series. I, I get it. And there's a concern there, but like for his career, by and large, Ben is very rarely stunk up the joint. And if he, and if he starts stinking it up and it's clear that he's doing it on purpose, I'm pretty sure doc would sit him. That's I'll give you that. 
we talk about Ben Simmons, we talk about the Nets, and of course, other people want to talk about them, mainly other you know team owners and general managers. And according to Bleacher Report, there is suspicion that uh, the Sixers are trying to recruit Ben, uh, ben uh, not Ben, sorry, James Harden, which of course would be tampering during the season. Um, of course, the Sixers are trying to recruit James Harden. We will see if it is ultimately successful, but we don't have all these reports of Harden considering Philly and liking the fit with Embiid and how he's great friends with Michael Rubin and Daryl Morey and Meek Mill and whatever if there's not something going on. I mean, that stuff just doesn't come out of the blue. So these guys talk all the time. We have cell phones. It's not like the 70s. We These guys can talk and text and communicate all the time behind the NBA's back, so to speak, whatever. I don't think there's ever been a free agent deal of any significance in the past decade that hasn't involved tampering of some sort. Like when the Mavericks were remember when people were like waiting outside Blake Griffin's home or whatever, like, like DeAndre the, Jordan's at home. The, DeAndre Jordan, pardon me, yeah. like right when free agency started, that stuff doesn't happen by coincidence. Yeah. You know, they had clearly talked before that happened. So, mm-hmm. um, Al Horford doesn't sign us a, a, a deal with the Sixers five minutes into free agency. Yeah. All those deals that go down five minutes into free agency, have been talked about before that like 8 p.m. mark or whatever passed. So, of course, they're trying to – of course, they're tampering. Of course, the Sixers should tamper. I, I don't care if, you know, Josh Harris gets fined. You know, I don't even care off if we, my back. Yeah. Um, you know, if they lose a second-round pick for James Harden, I'm cool with it. You know, that's a fair trade-off in my opinion. So, um, Yeah. You, you mentioned losing second-round picks, and that's exactly what happened to Miami and Chicago when they were in this past free agency when Kyle Lowry and Lonzo Ball both signed with those respective teams. Um, Chris, is it worth – well, I guess you kind of answered it that you yeah, think it is worth it. Yeah, it was worth it for those teams, and it is worth it for Philly. Um, you can well, buy what, a second-round pick for cash. What, 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 what about if it was a first-round pick? Again – it's James Harden. You're probably going to trade a first-round pick to get him anyways. What? Okay, Chris, you might not remember this, but I know your eye does. What if the NBA comes down on the Sixers like uh, they did with the Minnesota Timberwolves and, uh, uh, what was it, Joe Smith in 2000, what was it, 2003, Uriah? Refresh my memory. I can't remember. They recruited him, and they took, like, basically two or three first-round picks. Ooh. No, I don't recall that, but yeah, that's that's pretty pretty extreme. I might have to double check the the amount of picks that they took, but I know they took at least one first round pick, possibly two. Yeah, I mean, look, that seems like it would be breaking precedent for the NBA to do that. Uh, not Mark, St- not Mark Stern. Well, yeah, well, he's not the commissioner. May, may he rest in peace. Um. They took a second round pick from Miami again for Kyle Lowry. I don't. It's clear that Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler talked to each other well before that deal was ever signed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Michael Rubin and James Harden have probably been friends for years. Daryl Morey and James Harden have been close business partners for a decade. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it really has been a decade. Stop hasn't them it? from you can't stop them from talking to each other. 
so even if they do, you know, prove quote unquote tampering, I, I don't see a world where they're like taking all the Sixers future picks away. So I, I just don't think that'll happen. If it does happen, it's probably still worth it because it's James Harden. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really not concerned about it. You know, tamper away. That's the way to go. That's how the league works. Um, <laughs> LeBron has been talking to all sorts of people and for his entire career. That's uh, true. You know, so mm-hmm. that's how these teams get built. Um, I would not be surprised if Joel and Harden are exchanging texts two weeks before free agency starts. So I, you know, it. We'll see. But yeah. Well, we'll definitely see what happens. But it is fun to fantasize about Harden in a Sixers uniform. Did you talk about top 30 players that you think will get traded before the deadline? I can't remember if you discussed that. Um, you we didn't skipped over that. We um, we mentioned um, – let me pull – let me – I think the takeaway is that we don't think any of them are getting traded. No, no, yeah. no, 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 just in, in the entire league. That's what I was asking. What, yeah, what any of the top 30 players? Yeah. No. Nah. Nah. I don't think there's anyone who's getting moved. Not in even the top Jaylen, 30. Not even Jalen Brown? Nah, no. nah, they're not going to break it up this season. Hmm. As much as we would like them to, I think I think the issue isn't Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I think the issue there is the fact that they don't have a, a pass first point guard. Yeah, they've they've always had score first point guards, and Gordon Hayward kind of covered that up a little bit. But now that he's gone, the playmaking is just not sufficient enough, and they need to have a pass first point guard. Um, I mean, honestly, if I'm, <laughs> you might guys might think I'm crazy, but if if I'm the um, Celtics, I would be looking even at a guy like Alfred Payton. I know he has his flaws on offense, but he is a pass first point guard and he's a good defender. That's the type of guy you need to have. Yeah. I, I think the closest play. I mean, Rubio would have been ideal. Player. Yeah. The closest thing to a top 30 player who may get traded is probably either Sabonis or Simmons. Like that's. Yeah. You can make I, a case that those guys are top 30, uh, but or, or like right just outside it, but I, I mean it doesn't. Again, I don't think Ben's getting traded at this point, and Domas maybe very well could, probably to Sacramento if it does happen. Um, I could see that happening. I could, yeah, that could work. But they could trade. They could do actually. Um, they could do healed for Sabonis almost straight up. I think money wise, might be Fox for Sabonis. Uh, they would add that then I mean you would have to add another player, but you could add like Jeremy Lamb. He makes enough money to make that deal work. Yeah. So I, they, they could do a pick or two and then Fox and Brogdon would be an interesting backcourt. That yeah. could work. I mean there's an out out outside chance that like the Wizards implode another seven times and then Beal is like, I'm done, but I I, I don't think that's happening until the summer. Mm-hmm. Um and then the Sixers should be out. Controversial take here: If I'm the if if I'm Daryl Morey, I would be more interested in Bradley Beal than James Harden. I wouldn't. I'd trade for Beal and then trade Beal for Harden if the occasion arose. You know, but I I I'd rather keep Beal just because he's younger, and that gives you a little bit bigger window with Joel. Like Harden's thirty three years old and has a lot of NBA miles on him, and hasn't looked right the last like season plus. Yeah, certainly a case for it. Um, I mean, again, like 
I mean, if Harden's still, the only one available, then you trade for Harden. But if you Harden have, has still been a good bit better than Beal for the last season plus. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm just. Uh, if it's Beal versus Harden, I I'd be hard pressed. Yeah, I, I I get it. Um, but yeah, I don't think any. I think the closest, the only top thirty player. You know, it's Ben or Domas. If you think those guys are top thirty, if you don't, then. I, I don't think anyone else is getting moved in that tier. That's an interesting swap, Sabonis for Fox. That could work. That would make both teams better. I mean, the 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 Kings would have to move on from Holmes, but that's easy enough. A lot of teams would want him. I, I would think Charlotte would. They can't get yeah. Turner. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure plenty of teams would give up a first-round pick or two for Rashawn Holmes right now. Like, Yeah, um, he's... Gosh, I could see him. Oh, gosh, him catching lobs from a Lamelo in Charlotte. That would be fantastic. Sorry, I'm fantasizing right now about Holmes being back in the Eastern Conference. Um, But, yeah, no, I, I mean, there, there's a lot that could happen, but we'll just have to wait and see. And I think on that note, Chris, do you want to go ahead and play us out? Uh, Sure thing, my, my liege. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Give him his official title. The great Sir King Lucas. <laughs> yes. All um, of it. <laughs> yes. So uh, to all our listeners, thanks again for tuning in to yet another week's episode of the Sick to Sense podcast. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow along if you can on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, Omni, or at our website, thesixersense.com, where you can also read our written work. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sixersense. Go tweet King Lucas at Lucas um, for the next week. That'd be nice. At Lucas M- Johnson. You can really turn this into a negative if everyone who listens just bombards Lucas with King Lucas tweaks. Um, you think that's a negative, but that's just feeding my ego. We'll see. Well, well I, I <laughs> everyone who's listening to do that. Um, so until, until I guess later this week, we will you know, have a good one. We'll see you then. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.